feel like I was part of the band there. I was totally off the beat as well. Hey, good morning. Welcome everyone to Into One. Why don't you have a seat? We're going to tell ourselves the truth this morning, just like we've been doing every Sunday since this new year started. Tell yourself the truth. There's enough lies in there. We've got to put some truth in. So today, say it loud and say it proud. I am united to the Lord and am one spirit with him. I am united to the Lord and I am one spirit with him. When we take this truth from 1 Corinthians 6, verse 17, it says, but whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Take that and hold on to that one today. We are in week seven of base camp. It has eight parts. So next week is the, the end. And we've been saying every time that we are looking at a starting point. Everything has a starting point, including faith. At some point, faith starts. It just doesn't arrive whole. For many of us, our faith story started to some degree or another when we were children. Varying degrees of children, but somewhere along the line, someone told us stuff or, or handed us stuff and said, here, believe this, right? And we got that. And, and we did because you know what? Mama said so. And who's going to argue with mama? Or, or your priest said so. Or your rabbi said so. Your, your imam said so. Your pastor said so. Somebody said so. Here, this is what we believe. And we said, yes, sir. I got it. Thank you. May I have my lifesavers now? At least that's the way it worked in the church when I grew up. We got lifesavers for, for learning stuff. So I got lifesavers on my brain. Uh, the problem is now, when you get stuff given to you like that, there's a separation from what you got back then. Here's a, here's a package for you. Just believe the package. And, and then you find that there are gaps between what that package sounded like and where you're living today. And you go, man, I don't know how, how that God that they talked about there is this God that I seem to have to deal with right now. I don't know how to do that. And that tension makes me feel uncomfortable. And, I, and we all flee from discomfort, so many of us sort of walked away from that faith. So what we've been doing is to try to pretend, because <laughs> that's all we can do, we can try to pretend that we could actually wipe the slate clean and start from the ground up and build this adult starting point for faith, this base camp for faith. And this is the place that we are building so that we can come back to it again and again, so that we can ground ourselves in that step by step progression of faith. And if it's not for us, that's okay because we can also say to our friends or to our family, hey, you can come and you can check it out and you can listen. You can uh, go back and hear all these messages on the podcast. You can come back and you can start to deal with some of these issues as well. If you're unsure about faith, I'd love for you to be able to take the whole process along because they do build on each other. Every message has its own point, but they do build on some of the things that we've mentioned before. So what I'm saying is, come on over. Build yourself a base camp. Know why, what it is and why it is that you believe this stuff. So today, we're going to talk about another word. And this word is really essential to the discussion about faith. When we talk about being part of a faith or having faith or I belong to a faith system... One of the key words for that will be what? Faith. Belief. Yeah, that's it. Is it, is it on the screen yet? Yeah. So, I was, sheesh, you guys make it look like you, 
You, you know it's there. Just say it. It's okay. This is going to be a little bit different today. I'll just tell you up front right now, and I hope you're not offended by the way I say this, but today we're not going to be as Bible-y. Um, we, we, we have firm structures and beliefs of where we come from, but today we're not, we're not as Bible-y. So it's going to feel different than how we've gone the last couple of weeks, but it's really putting together some of the pieces, and we're going to reference those things. So faith is perhaps the most confused, misused, and abused concept in religion. This word gets dropped in any and everywhere. Faith is used as a key term when describing any number of differing concepts. And if you want to read about a history of faith, you'd go to Hebrews chapter 11, right? That's the faith chapter. That's a good thing to know. You can use that on your ordination interview, just so you know. Um, the Bible talks about faith in all kinds of different places. It's throughout. Faith is pervasive in the Bible. It just pops up at every place. It's almost like it's really, really important to God and a relationship with God. Faith is key. But we're going to step back from some of that to start with. And we're going to start by looking at the broader context of faith and belief. And remember, these weeks are fitting together, okay? I'm trying to emphasize that again so that you, you, you can go back and put the pieces together. We're trying to draw some of those other teachings together to today because we're getting closer to the end. So I'm trying to put things together for you. So people use the words faith and belief. They use them interchangeably. We uh, quite often would hear that. You want to emphasize something. You, you, you mean something more by it. But in general, faith, belief, we use them interchangeably. And the word is not magic, okay? And it's not a religious word. They're not even religious terms. But they are sometimes used within the context of religion. And sometimes when they get pulled out of secular use and they get pulled into religious use, we think that there is a magical process that happens in the middle, that those words suddenly pass through the mystical, sparkly, cloudy, religious word, changificator. And now it's a religious term, and so now it's all different. But faith? Well, faith is just faith, and you express it all the time. And belief? Belief is just faith. It's just belief, and you express that all the time as well. Religious faith? We'll talk about it at the end. But first, I want to paint you that picture of faith and belief. What are those things? What do they look like in any context? So to do that, we're going to look at three observations about faith. Number one, the ability to believe is the most powerful force at humanity's disposal. And I realize I had a little bit more time to think about this in advance than you did, so you probably haven't thought of it in those terms. But if you stop and think about this, you'll get this. Belief is an ability. But we don't think of it as an ability, right? Um, we think an ability is like lifting stuff with your mind. That's an ability. But faith? Well, everybody can believe. We've all grown up believing. It's no big deal, right? But think about this. Everything that's ever been accomplished by human beings over the entire history of humanity was accomplished by someone or someones believing that it could and should be. Everything was an idea. Everything begins as belief. When things get accomplished, they get accomplished because someone believed. They believe. 
And, and then words start coming out of their mouths and, and they tell two friends and they tell two friends and they tell two friends and so on and so on and so on. You don't remember the same commercials that I remember? You guys are just like sleepy today. <sighs> People believe. They discuss. They gather. They attempt. They problem solve. And then the world begins to change. Somebody entered into a pivotal circumstance and they said, somebody has to do something about this. And then that person said, I will do something about this. And they did. And people were gathered together and the world was changed because of belief. We, said it, we say it regularly. We can't make faith here. But at Into One, we are about creating an environment where faith can grow. The power of belief and the power to coalesce a movement around belief, just ideas, just words, that's the most powerful thing that the human race has ever been given. It's behind everything good that we have done. And it's behind everything bad that we have done. Ideologies, belief systems drive world events. This is what the news reports every day. All the time, there's a group of people who believe differently. And they get together and they say, you know, I don't think we should do this anymore. And they say, yeah, me neither. And then there's speeches and talks and words. Remember last week we started the words to live by? Where we talk about some of the words we have and the power that we have to put things into practice? We're going to do that again at the next checkpoint as well. But it's words, 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 words. And then all of a sudden, seemingly unknowingly, a new country is born. There's a war that's been started. There's a genocide that's been started. Slavery got started. And, and, and somebody will say, well, this will make the economy better. And then somebody else will say, no, this will make the economy better. And then this person says, well, mind your own business. And this person says, well, I'll get a gun. And this person says, well, I'll get a bigger gun. Don't tell me what to do. And um, regularly, our nations get divided over ideas. People talked. People believed. We go to war. Every election, every world event, behind those things are people who believe differently. And they gather in their little communities where they have shared belief. And then horrible things or amazingly extraordinary things happen. Adolf Hitler, he gets a lot of press still. But he drew the world into a war just by talking. And that's all he did. Germany was having a tough time. And he talked about what was everyone's experience. And then he put his spin on it. Now here's what could be and should be for those who align themselves with me. And he just kept doing that, the same thing again and again and again. And here's what it could be. And here's what it should be if you align with me. And slowly the people began to believe. 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 And then the surrounding nations had to make some decisions. Right. What do we believe? What do we believe about this man? And a couple years later, the world is at war. It was all just talk. 
That's the power of an idea. That's the power of belief. That's the power of someone who is a powerful communicator who gets up and rallies people around ideas. The ability and the power to believe in something is the most powerful thing that we have. When we believe something is possible, we look for a way until we find a way. Tech companies regularly do this. They hire new people and then they assign them jobs that are impossible. And everybody knows that it can't be done. It's kind of like an initiation rite that these other people have to go through to say, hey, welcome to the team. We're so glad you're here. We'd like you to solve this problem. And everybody around them knows that it can't be solved. But do you know what happens every once in a while? Do you know why they do that? Because sometimes somebody solves it. But the people on the outside still say, well, no, you didn't. It's impossible. And they would say, no, you, you just thought it was impossible. So you quit trying. But nobody told me that it was impossible. So I just kept trying. There is power in belief. If you're in sales, you'll be able to identify this. Optimists outsell their smarter, less optimistic peers. It's the way it happens. The mindset comes in. If you believe you can, eventually you will. Seeing is believing. But it's also true that believing is seeing. You believe something long enough and you'll start to see it. So belief empowers us to try. Try again. Anticipate. Hope. Imagine. Create. Improve. And try yet again. Second of our third observations, we constantly look for evidence to support what we believe to be true. We do this both consciously and unconsciously. We look for evidence to support what we believe to be true. And honestly, I think this is particularly true of liberals and conservatives. <laughs> Make you a little nervous there? Yeah, no one likes to talk about politics. Okay, uh, new Democrats, and it's about the regular Democrats. It's the same with the Republicans, the Libertarians, the Green Party, the Communist Party, the Rhino Party. It's the all of us party, okay? We all do this. We watch something on TV or a movie or it's on Facebook, and we say, do you see? <laughs> I've been saying this for years. And then someone else comes up, and they have a contrary position. Well, you can't trust him. Don't listen to a word she says. Change the channel. We don't watch that in this house. We search for what supports what we already believe, and we filter out anything that's to the contrary. That's just how belief works. This is part of what makes belief powerful and dangerous. It's extraordinary and misleading. As soon as you approach a belief system, whether it's a way of doing business, an approach to schooling or education, what about vaccines? Religion, family, how you raise your kids, how you conduct your marriage, it doesn't matter. Once you embrace an approach and you say, I believe that this is the best way, you automatically begin to look for support for that and to filter out the other. It's not just you and it's not just them, it's us. This is what we do. All people do these things. Now, honestly, 
Maybe you didn't have quite as much fun. But wasn't that fun? Like you light a little bit of match in church and see if we can set everybody off a little bit. And fun for me, not for you. Okay. Um, but here's a marriage tip, all right? For those of you who are married, would like to be married, um, couples that believe the best see the best. That's marriage gold right there, all right? Proven time and time again. You see what you believe. So when couples get together, or even if they've been together for a long time, it's still true. We filter and we apply colored lenses to see what we see. Here's the classic example, okay? Why is your spouse late? Oh, she's not late on purpose. I bet she ran into a friend and started, some, started talking again. What a great time I'm sure she's having. Or, I knew it. You see? She's late again. I bet she ran into a friend. I bet she ran into him and now the car is wrecked. I bet she's wasting our money. I bet she's running away with that old friend and she's going to Bora Bora. <laughs> People can plant ideas in your head about that person that you say you love. And if you believe them, then you will start to see evidence of them. It's amazing what can happen when you just start to hear words, suggestions, Ideas, possibilities. You know, think about it. Can you really be sure? And you walk out of here and you say, no way, I don't believe that. But hey, you know what? He actually does do that sometimes. It's powerful. It gets you thinking. Third observation. Belief is easy to maintain within a community of shared belief. This is not a secret. Okay, we're talking about things openly and honestly. We're not trying to pull the wool over your eyes or sell you something under the table. We know this is the way things work. And this totally makes sense, especially considering what we just learned. Not only are you allowing information in that you support, not only are you filtering out information contrary to what you believe, you are surrounded by a community of people that are only allowing the right information in and collectively rejecting the wrong information. But maybe one day you start to think, hmm, I'm not sure that what we've been believing this whole time is actually true. And people will show up and say, oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 we're right. And here's why. And then you can go, whew, oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, 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 I got it again. That's why... When you get to observe something from another country or from people who live and believe differently than you, that you will look at them funny and you'll talk to a peer and you'll say, why do they do it that way? Why would you ever even think of doing it that way? Can you believe that there are actually people in other parts of the world that look at us Canadians and say, why do they do it that way? And of course we laugh, because <laughs> we're right. Um, but, but they think that they're right. And even within this country, you can find that there's communities or groups of people who are thinking differently than other communities or groups of people in the very same country. The community grows to support their belief system. This is why there's so many religions. This is why there's so many factions with religion. This is why there's so many different denominations. Because once you get into a community where you have a shared belief, the community supports the belief system. All right, so that's faith and belief in open ways that impact everything, religious or not. 
We haven't gotten to religion yet. That's just the power of belief and the way belief works with people. So, how does religious faith overlap or intersect with just regular belief? Religious belief is simply belief applied to things of a religious nature. Now, some people are going to want to push back on that and you say, I disagree. You know what? That's okay. We can disagree. Just keep your mind engaged here and we'll keep going. Religious belief is not a power. It is powerful. But the reason that religious belief is powerful is because belief is powerful. And it splits worlds. It splits families. It brings nations together and it creates nations. It solves problems. It causes people to slaughter people. It causes people to attack, shame, and label people. It causes people to build hospitals. It causes people to clean up and remove injustice. Belief is powerful. But religious belief is simply belief applied to things of a religious nature. Religious faith hinges on that statement, believe that, okay? I believe that God hears my prayers. Ancient Jews believed that God called Abraham, made him promises that he was going to be a great nation, that they would have their own land, and that he would be blessed. Many Jews believed that in ancient times. And many Jews believe that in modern times. So the, the religious side, you just think about it. If you have enough people coming together to agree on, I believe that, together they filter out what they disagree with, and they find more proof for what they do want all around them. And if that happens, you can have a movement. Muslims believed that. The angel Gabriel spoke to Muhammad, who would become the prophet, spoke to him in a cave and gave him some revelations. His family believed that the revelations were true, so they wrote them down and shared them around. Then before long in Medina and Mecca, the people believed that these revelations were from God. Islam was launched and the Quran was published. The people believed that the Quran embodies the exact words of God to Muhammad. You get enough people to believe that, and now you have a religion. Christians believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Christians believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. We believe that Jesus did not stay dead, but that he came back to life in an event that we call the resurrection. Now, if you can see where we're going, this next part might get a little disturbing for you, okay? But let's talk honestly. Let's expose some of those things that kind of get hidden under. Um, we don't want to talk about them. But we don't need to hide from this stuff. If you believe deeply enough, any religious system will become a self-fulfilling prophecy. It just does. It's true for Christianity. It's true for Judaism. It's true for Islam. It's true for Buddhism. It's true for the Sikhs. We just behave in a certain way because we believe that. Everybody has some believe that's, whether they claim to be religious or not. Atheists still are guided by believe that's. That is religion and religious faith or belief in a quick glance. So if those things are true, how do we respond? Here's one option. All religion is just a giant Jedi mind trick. Okay? Just keep saying the same stuff over and over and over again, and then combine that with enough naive people and blammo, you've got yourself a religion. 
Religious people just want to believe the same thing as others because they're afraid to think for themselves. They're afraid of death. They can't face reality. They don't, they're afraid that they don't like the answers, so they just go ahead and make up other ones. That's an option. You can believe that. That is a belief system. Here's another option. Just pick a religion, all right? Any religion. And then become religious because religious people are generally happier. Religious people generally live longer. Religious people generally have healthier relationships. So just go ahead. Just pick one. Go and get one that's nearby or one that's nouveau. Don't concern yourself with truth. Just believe in it until it becomes true for you. And that happens all the time. That is a belief system. Can something just be true for me and not be true for someone else? Doesn't it actually have to be true to be true? But you know what? Don't even think about that. Just stay on the journey and don't stop believing. Hold on to the feeling. That's your bottom line right there, right? Just don't stop believing. So what are streetlight people? Well, that's a whole different topic, right? That might take us back to October, back to LSD, love, sex, and dating. But if you know the song, you'll get that. And otherwise, you'll just think I'm really crazy, which, of course, I am. Um, so what are we doing? Why are we in church? Why do we do this? Why are we hanging out in church? How does this affect our base camp series? Does it? Has he just gone totally off the rails? There's no gotcha here. All that stuff that we said is true. It's true um, not just for me. It's true for me and it's true for you. It's true for everyone. Those things describe the way reality is. They describe what belief looks like. It describes how systems come together and communities do that. Those things are true. But today I want to finish and I want to tell you why I am a Christian. I want to tell you why I am a Jesus follower. And it has everything to do with what we talked about. Here's the foundation of why we're here today. Even if you don't decide to follow Jesus, I hope you do. I really do. I believe it's absolutely the truth. But even if you don't, just keep wrestling with faith. Wrestle with your starting point for faith. You are going to believe in, some, in something. You will always be part of a belief system. Take the time to understand why you believe what you believe and not just what you reject. Here's the thing, okay? This is why I believe. When Jesus died, those closest to him believed that he was dead. When Jesus died, the people who knew him best, the people who were about to tell the story of Jesus just a little later on, believed that he was dead. After all the parables, after all those supposed miracles, after all those answers, smart answers to tricky questions, after all that, when he died, they believed that he was dead. That was a key part to their belief system. It was essential to everything that they believed at that point. They believed that he was a powerful speaker whose powerful speaking got him crucified. What do you believe about Jesus, Peter? Well, now that he's dead, 
I mean, he was a powerful speaker who just didn't keep his mouth shut. Man, we told him, don't go to Jerusalem. Don't go back to Jerusalem. But he said, I have to go. I have to go back. And now, now he's dead. They believed that he was not the Messiah. What do you believe about Jesus, John? Well, I was hoping he was the Messiah. But now he's dead. Obviously not. They believed that he was not the Son of God. He died. Jupiter and Mars won. The gods of the Romans won. It looks like Yahweh lost. We thought he was the Messiah. We hoped he was the Messiah, but we're wrong. How do you know you're wrong? Because he's dead. They believed that their lives were in jeopardy. And this is really important, okay? This isn't like any other religious movement. When Gandhi dies, all the Gandhiites or the followers of Gandhi, they gather around and they say, we have to keep the truth of Gandhi alive. And they, and they get organized. And they took his teachings and they write them down and they start sharing them. And, and they start venerating him as a martyr and his teachings. And everybody hears from them. The prophet Muhammad dies, probably of old age. Well, well he's dead. The teachings of Islam and the teachings of the prophet, well, we, we have to make sure that we keep those things alive. We've got to write them down. We've got to distribute these. We've got to get these things copied. We've got to keep his memory, his teachings alive. That's the way it works for martyrs. And it's true of all the religious leaders, but not Jesus. The problem was that Jesus talked too much about himself. Jesus built the whole thing around who he was so that when he was dead, when he died, he couldn't possibly be who he claimed to be. Jesus' closest followers lost faith in the end. What do you believe now? Everything I believed just shifted after he died. So what are you guys going to do now? Are you going to take his teachings and distribute them all over the world and let people know about Jesus, the great teacher? No. Are you kidding? We can't even go out of our homes. We're outlaws. And what would be the point anyway? Who would take us seriously? Everything he said was based on the fact that he claimed to be who he claimed to be. And now that he's dead, we've seen him to be dead, he can't possibly be who he claimed to be. This is the end. We had hoped. We had dreamed. We had believed. And then the Romans came. And then the Jewish authorities turned against them. The end. This is a big, big deal. And this is what differentiates Christianity from every other faith. The people who knew him best and who were the most committed to him did not believe that he was the Messiah. They didn't believe that he was the Son of God. Because when he died, they believed that he was dead and that he was going to stay that way. But this, this is why I'm a Christian. This is why I tell other people about this story. 
Because a few days later, the same group of cowards that ran away, they had denied him. And they, they had run and they had hid. But a few days, a few weeks after that, these same cowards go out into the streets of Jerusalem, the very same streets that they were hiding from. And they don't do it 100 years later. They don't do it 50 years later. They don't do it 15 years later. It's not some other city. It's the very same city where everything had just gone wrong so very short weeks ago. And they begin to preach about Jesus. And guess, guess what they don't preach? All right? There is no evidence. There is not a single word. There's not a single source of anybody saying that these guys came out and said, there once was a man who had two sons. Man, the prodigal son's a great story. It was a hit. They never taught it. There's no record of them getting up and going out and saying, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the poor in heart, for they will see God. Man, that was like at the top of his greatest hits list. But they didn't preach that. They had basically one four-point sermon, and they used it again and again and again. You can check it up in the book of Acts. This is what they're doing here. Here are the four, the four points. You killed him. And they are standing, staring right in the face of the thems that they're talking about. You, right in front of me. You killed him. God raised him. We've seen him. Say you're sorry. That's the whole message. They didn't talk about anything that Jesus talked about. And if you were here for the beginning of base camp way back when, you might remember this. It was 20 years later, not 200 years later. 20 years later, the Apostle Paul is in Athens. From Jerusalem to Athens is a long way when you're going by boat and by foot. He's in Athens talking to a bunch of people, and they're saying, what's all this you're going on about? It sounds like a new religion. Let's bring him in and see what this is all about. You remember this story? Anybody? Is it coming back to you? Back in the beginning of base camp, we called it Something Happened. So he goes to the council, and they say, uh, what have you been talking about? And Paul says, fantastic. I need to tell you something. God has done something. God has done something in the world, and it's for all people. I want to tell you about Jesus. And when he does that, he doesn't slide into the Sermon on the Mount. There's no mention of a parable. There's no good Samaritan. There's no woman at the well. He doesn't even bring up the water into wine, which probably would have made a lot of people very happy. There's no feeding of the 5,000. There's no healing. There's no bringing Lazarus back from the dead. He says, God has done something in our midst, and he's given us proof. In Acts chapter 17, we see this. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. Proof? <laughs> what religion has proof? Isn't it all just a bunch of, I believe that? Do you know why the church survived through the first century? Do you know why we are here? Do you know why we believe? Do you know what the foundational essence of into one is? Do you know why I'm a Christian? Do you know why you should become a Christian? Do you know why you should seriously consider the Christian faith? Because when Jesus died, nobody believed. Zero. None of them. Not one believed. None of them came out as heroes. 
No one wrote later on and said, oh, I believed the whole time, but I just didn't want to make anyone feel bad, so I didn't mention it. All the saints, St. Peter, St. John, St. Matthew, they were all cowards and they all ran. They all lost faith. And they provide their own testimony against themselves and against each other, agreeing that they were cowards and they ran. And then they saw something. They didn't believe something. That's too easy. They saw something. They saw their risen Savior. And something happened. Something happened inside of them. And they were changed. And for the first 20, 30, 40 years of the church, the message was the same. God has not simply said something through a prophet. There's lots of that. God has done something for the whole world. He raised a man from the dead. We don't simply believe that Jesus taught truth. We believe that something happened. And this is the foundation of our faith. We believe that Jesus was crucified for our sins and that God raised him from the dead. And to be clear, we don't believe this because the Bible says so. That's too easy. For the first 200 years of the church, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people became Jesus followers and they had no New Testament. It was because of eyewitnesses that were so extraordinarily convinced of what they had seen. The church wasn't launched because of a book. The church wasn't launched because of great teaching. The church was launched because of a resurrected Savior. The men who told everybody that they ran away, they ran away as disbelieving cowards, all those people came back. And they told everybody now that they had seen it with their own eyes. Take our lives if you want. We're not dying for what we believe. People die for what they believe all the time. It's nothing new. We're willing to die for what we have seen. A resurrected Jesus. And now in the 21st century, we don't believe because the Bible says so. We believe because Matthew, an eyewitness, wrote about it. Mark, who was great friends with Peter, wrote about it. Luke, who said, I'm going to go and investigate these things, and I'm going to put them in chronological order so that we don't miss anything. He wrote about it. John, who took care of Jesus' mother, wrote about it. James, the brother of Jesus, come on, what would it take for you to believe to convince you your brother is the son of God? It wouldn't happen, would it? But at the end, James, the brother of Jesus, shows up and he says, my brother is my savior and he's my God. What in the world happened to convince James that Jesus, his brother, was the son of God? It absolutely had not happened when Jesus was still alive. One thing could have done that. James says, I, I, I saw him die and I walked away from the cross with my mother. And then four, five days later, I saw, I saw my resurrected brother. 
and I fell to my knees. And I realized that I had been wrong. Peter, who denied even knowing Jesus, who ran like a coward, writes, I believe in the resurrection. The Apostle Paul, who went from enemy to friend of all these guys, he was a contemporary of, a contemporary of them. He wrote in the, in, in the 50s, not the 150s, but the 50s. So within 30 years of the events of Jesus' life, he believed that Jesus rose from the dead based on eyewitness accounts of those who were right there in the midst of it all. Men and women who after his death believed none of that. Then something happened. Something that changed everything. And that's why in the first message in this series, I'll say it over and over again, the fundamental question that you need to wrestle with as you are building your base camp of faith, as you are looking for a starting point for faith right now, the key to your base camp has got to be this question right here. Who is Jesus? That's the question that you need to answer. A single event changed how those closest to him answered that question. There was a completely different answer before the resurrection and after the resurrection. Everything was realigned. We had no idea what or who we were dealing with. Now, you know what that means for you? It means that when you pray, you can believe that God hears your prayers because Jesus taught us. The resurrected Jesus taught us that when you pray, God hears your prayers. That's why you can believe that. It means that you can address the creator God of the universe as Father. Because Jesus, who, who went to die for our sins and was raised from the dead to substantiate everything that he taught, he taught us to pray, our Father. That's why you can believe that. It means that you can believe in heaven. Not because the Bible says so. It's better than that. Because throughout his ministry, Jesus taught about the kingdom of heaven. That message died with him. But it was raised with him as well. It means that when you go through troubled times, you shouldn't be surprised. Because Jesus told us, in this world you will have trouble. But take courage. Take heart. Don't give up. I have overcome the world. And that meant absolutely nothing to Peter, to James, to John, to Mary, to Matthew, to Luke. It meant absolutely nothing to them when they watched him die on the cross. But it meant everything when they saw him raised from the dead. I'm not a Christian because the Bible says so. It's better than that. I'm not a Christian because I believe that and that and that and some other things. It's better than that. This is a message for the whole world that there was proof. That's why there was a resurrection. That's why you need to answer the question, who is Jesus? Pray with me. Kind Father, I thank you. I thank you for all the plans that you have put into motion. I thank you for, for, for how you were, you were seeing me back then, and you said, Graham's worth it. 
We've got to do something to save him because he can't do it by himself. That guy's too messed up to do anything by himself. But in knowing that Jesus came and he died for me, I can know that God loves me. And if he loves me, he did it for every single person in this room, for every single person on earth. He said, I love you. First thing. First thing you need to know about me is I love you. I love you so much. And I will give my life to save you. I love you so much. Holy Spirit, today I pray that you would speak to us. Bring conviction to our hearts. Conviction is not something we need to be afraid of. Conviction is a gift that enables us to get back into right relationship with you. So move. Speak today. Talk to your kids here. God, let them know that they are loved. Let them know the truth of who Jesus is. Set them free. Set us free from the bondage to sin and to death that we continue to choose on our own. Take us past simply stating a list of believe that. Take us into a relationship with you. The God who provided proof. Proof that whatever, everything that Jesus said was true because you, you vindicated him by raising him from the dead. Without the resurrection, the Christian faith is nothing. With the resurrection, it's everything. Release us today to come into right relationship with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And now be blessed in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You may be seated. It's better when you're here. It's better when we're together. The more we connect, the better it gets. So as you prepare to go back out into this world that is so desperately in need of hope, I want to send you. I don't want you to walk away. I want to send you out so that you know that when you go, you're doing something important. And I will remind you as you go that we are Christ-centered and we are spirit-empowered. We are mission-focused. We are to be on mission, everyone, everywhere, all the time. That's a blessing, even if it doesn't sound like one.